This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Age of Radio. Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and this is Stranger Than. Seems like time just flies on by, doesn't it? It uh, really does. It's it's, uh, it's it's well into 2023 now, and and uh, and well okay. into March. Like, how did that yeah. happen? I don't know. I, just all I of a sudden, know. it's, it's just... like we're halfway through March. Yeah. Madness. Absolutely. Remember madness. remember March twenty twenty, the month that lasted like six? <laughs> because that's right when like things really got serious with COVID and everything right, shutting right. down and so much I mean it felt like March lasted forever that month. And this March is just it's just flying right by. Yeah, that's right. The the whole year is flying right by. It certainly is. Well, why don't we, uh, what, what do you have for us today, Joanna? I have a couple of articles that I'm going to read and comment on, and I'm sorry I didn't really, you know, do anything really more in-depth, but uh, I, I had, like, cholera last week. Yeah, so, so, so that'll do it. it. It was actually the stomach flu, but I'm always, you know, convinced when it's, it's happening that it's, that it's cholera. But, yeah, so. Definitely. It, it, you know, been a, been a little, you know. Under the a little, weather, a rough and, going. A little rough well, it, going. It, it was it was pretty rough going last week, to say the least. Well, I also have a couple articles, so why don't you give us one, Joanna? All right, all right. This one comes from BusinessInsider.com. It's from March 9th, twenty twenty three. So pretty recent. Uh, it's an article by Chris Panella and Morgan McFall Johnson titled scientists revived a zombie virus for (laughs) frozen for 48,500 years in ice they learned it could still infect other cells oh good oh yeah 
Good thing we dug that up. Yes, definitely. There are so many comments on <laughs> yeah articles about this, like that, dig that, up the prehistoric zombie virus. Right, right. You know, stuff that went along the lines of, "Do you want zombie apocalypse?" Because I'm pretty sure this is how zombie apocalypse starts. Although yeah, the no zombie shit. virus, I should say, it's more like a term because it's been dormant for so long. It it's not an uh, actual like virus that I causes see. people to become zombies. zombies right, but who the fuck right. knows what's out there in the permafrost? Uh, probably a virus that turns people into zombies. I mean, it could be. So, I mean, it could be the next, you know, this is how the next plague gets started. Or it could be this is how zombie apocalypse gets started. It's not completely outside the realm of possibilities. <laughs> right. <laughs> From a horror movie plot to real life, scientists have revived ancient zombie viruses from permafrost and discovered they could still infect living single-celled amoebas. The chances of these viruses infecting animals or humans are unclear, but researchers say permafrost viruses should be considered a public health threat. Yeah, I should think so. Yeah, let's 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 go with that. Permafrost is a layer of soil that remains frozen year-round, at least it used to, before human activities started raising global temperatures, fucking humans doing their human shit. It covers 15% of the land in the northern hemisphere. Because of climate change, though, permafrost is thawing rapidly, unearthing a host of ancient relics from viruses and bacteria to woolly mammoths, and an impeccably preserved Ice Age cave bear was found recently in uh, Great Lyakovsky Island in northern Russia. Wow. Yeah. Fucking totally forgot about cave bears. I forgot those were even a thing that used to exist. Yeah. Like, yeah. I used to think about cave bears all the time when I was, like, a kid. Like, oh, a cave bear, scary. Not but, because you were old yeah. enough that you remembered cave bears, but simply because you were an imaginative child and you uh -huh. thought the cave bears and would and be a terrible thing to And you heard about cave bears, and, yeah, and it was like, oh, man, cave bears. You don't want to come across those motherfuckers. Thank God they're extinct. But I, I, co I totally forgot about their, you know, existence and rather non-existence. Right, you know? right. Yeah, fucking cave bears. Awesome. How awesome is that? Unearthing a cave bear in the permafrost. Especially and woolly mammoths, too. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that happens with a relative frequency, you know? I mean, like, you find a woolly mammoth here and there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just just part of life, I guess. Right. Well, little saber-tooth yeah, like, uh, tiger. Oh, hey, here's a, yeah, yeah. You See, know. I remembered saber-tooth tigers just forgot altogether about cave bears. Well, I'm glad that you... Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just stoked. It was cool to read the article and be like, oh yeah, fucking A, cave bears. Fuck yeah. According to CNN, the French professor Jean-Michel Clavery found strains of the 48,000-year-old frozen virus from a few permafrost sites in Siberia. Fucking Siberia again. Right. The oldest strain, which dated back 48,500 years, came from a sample of soil from an underground lake, while the youngest samples were 27,000 years old. One of the young samples was discovered in the carcass of a woolly mammoth. Filthy-ass mammoths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet they were dirty and smelly, I'm sure. Some scientists fear that as climate change warms the Arctic, Thawing permafrost could release ancient viruses that haven't been in contact with living things for thousands of years. As such, plants, animals, and humans might lack immunity to them. 
Birgitta Evengard, a professor emerita at Umea University's Department of Clinical Microbiology in Sweden, told CNN, quote, You must remember our immune defense has been developed in close contact with microbiological surroundings. If there is a virus hidden in the permafrost that we have not been in contact with for thousands of years, it might be that our immune defense is not sufficient. It is correct to have respect for the situation and be proactive and not just reactive. And the way to fight fear is to have knowledge, end quote. This isn't the first time Clavery has revived ancient viruses, or zombie viruses, as he calls them. He's been publishing research on this topic since 2014 and says that beyond his work, few researchers are taking these viruses seriously. Now, again, this sounds like some terrible, like, movie, like, you know, no one's listening to the guy. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. You need to take this this uh, health risk seriously, and everyone's just like, ah, fuck it, you know? <laughs> Some infected penguin is going to bite a herring, it's going to get away and get caught by people who's going to get into the food the food thing, and we're going to get some weird fucking... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline thing from 45,000 years ago and it's going to fuck us all up because of some jackass penguin. Right, and because nobody listened to like how like climate change, like again, here's another way that a climate change is like a, a bad thing and we need to try and, and curb that shit because A, it's uh, melting all kinds of crazy viruses. Um, yeah, out of the, the, the permafrost. Which uh -huh. is called permafrost because of, you know, well, it's supposed to yeah, be permanent. Yeah, because it's supposed to be permanent, but now it's it's not so much. Not so permafrost. This makes me remember that X Files episode. It's one of my favorite ones. Like, you know, it's like from like season one where they, they had that crazy like worm parasite thing that made them all go crazy out in like Antarctica. And they found that in like the ice core samples. I don't remember. Oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, I can't remember the title of it, but yeah, it's a, it's one of my favorite X-Files episodes. But yeah, they're out there in Antarctica because this worm like got dug up on their ice core samples and uh, and, and was infecting everyone and making them all like homicidal and crazy. No, I actually think I do remember that one now. That you yeah, it. yeah, that's a good one. That's a really recently good one. Been, I've like watched the first, I think, five seasons of uh, uh, X-Files. Love X Files. Yeah, it's good. It's very. It's a really good show. It is. It is. But yeah, so it's like this feels like kind of like a cross between like that episode of X Files and like the day after tomorrow, where it's like, yeah, like be warned, uh, climate change bad, and and no one's really listening to like this aspect of it. And yeah, good. yeah. And then suddenly everyone's infected by some fucking weird ice worm. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, you know, there you go. <laughs> that sucks. Quote, this wrongly suggests that such occurrences are rare and that zombie viruses are not a public health threat, end quote, Clavery and his colleagues said in their latest paper published February 18th in the journal Viruses, 
Love, love the simplicity of the, yeah. <laughs> of the name there. What's this about? Oh, it's about viruses. Oh, well, shit. Appropriately named. I, I never would have known from the right. uh, title. In that study, Clevery and his team were able to revive several new strains of zombie viruses and found that each one could still infect cultured amoebas, a feat that Clevery said should be regarded as both a scientific curiosity and a concerning public health threat. He told CNN, quote, We view these amoeba-infecting viruses as surrogates for all other possible viruses that might be in permafrost. We see the traces of many, many, many other viruses. So we know that they are there. We don't know for sure that they are still alive. But our reasoning is that if the amoeba viruses are still alive, then there is no reason why other viruses will not still be alive and capable of infecting their own hosts. End quote. <laughs> the current research on frozen, frozen viruses like Clavery's is helping to is helping scientists understand more about how these ancient viruses function and whether they could infect animals or humans. And it's not just viruses. Ancient bacteria, too, could be released and reactivated for the first time in up to two million years as permafrost thaws. Scientists think, scientists think that's what happened when outbreaks of the bacterial infection anthrax appeared in humans and reindeer in Siberia in 2016. Huh. <laughs> Clavery's... Like, shit just thawed and uh -huh. people got it. Fuck. Yeah, uh-huh. Clavery's paper said that might be a, quote, more immediate public health concern, end quote. Uh, yeah, I should say so. Like, yeah, nobody no wants shit. fucking anthrax. No, literally nobody wants anthrax. No one's like, right. you know it would be great? No. Yeah. Uh, another great show, Fortitude. Um, and it was, uh, like, a reference, like, they're up there in, like, the Arctic Circle, and they, too, have permafrost. But there are people in, that are buried. No one's allowed to, like, die out there on the island that they live in because they don't decompose. And they have people that when they previously, you know, were like, hey, you can die here, I guess. Like, I don't know how you don't allow somebody to die. But I guess if uh, <laughs> I guess maybe if you do, you have to, you know, your body has to be shipped elsewhere. And if you're going to, you know, be close to dying, you have to also leave. But they had plague victims uh, out there in the permafrost. And so, like, the, the plague was still, like, active in their bodies because they never decomposed because they right, were buried right. in permafrost. So they're, like, realized, I guess, after a while, like, hey, this is kind of like a this public... This is a good... <laughs> <laughs> this is like a public health hazard. I mean, I guess there's still permafrost out there. So they're like, yeah, no, we can't have people being buried there because... It's not going to, whatever, you know, they had when they died is still going to be there. Yeah. Due to the not, you know, decaying issue. So there you go. There you go. Well, shit. Uh, I guess we'll take it from permafrost to a place that gets very little frost. All right. Uh, we're going to go down to Florida. Ooh, Florida. Yeah. Uh, giant seaweed blob, twice the width of the U.S., takes aim at Florida. Oh, man, I saw this because I'm thinking about going to Florida in a few months to visit my sister, and then I see this thing about this giant seaweed blob, and that can just, like, ruin everything. Yeah, well, this is from TheHill.com, and it's written by Rachel Tucker. It came out on 3-13-23. 
Marine scientists are tracking a 5,000-mile-wide seaweed bloom that is so large it can be seen from space. Uh, there are very few things that can be seen from space as far as, like, you know, things that just sort of, like, appear. And that's, that's pretty wild. Like, people say the Great Wall of China can be seen from space, but you can't see that shit from space. That's a big fucking filthy lie. Okay. Good to know. But you can see this seaweed bloom in space. That's some serious shit. These sargassum blooms are nothing new, but scientists say this one could be the largest in history. At last check, it was heading towards Florida's Gulf Coast. The thick mat of algae drifts between the Atlantic coast of Africa and the Gulf of Mexico, providing habitat for marine life and absorbing carbon dioxide. But it can also wreak havoc when it gets closer to shore. It blocks light from reaching coral and negatively impacts air and water quality as it decomposes. Florida's Gulf Coast is already grappling with an algae bloom amid the busy spring break tourism season. Red tide has caused dead fish to wash ashore in droves, while the risk of respiratory irritation for humans has canceled events and driven beachgoers away. That sounds lovely. You know, you're, oh my you're gosh, coming can up you imagine from, the smell of all the rotting oh fish? Oh, God. And then, like... You go to Florida, you're expecting a nice beach vacation, shit. and then, you know, not only are you, you know, do you deal with, like, all this rotting fish and, and red tide shit, you can't swim, and then, it, you know, you're also, you get sick. Yeah. Great. Good times. Just in, and <laughs> you hope, probably better just in time to go back to school. Yeah. With, the, with a blanket of sargassum approaching, spanning twice the width of the continental United States, scientists warned that Florida beaches could soon be inundated with seaweed. It's incredible, Brian LaPointe, a research professor at Florida Atlantic University's Harbor Branch Oceanographic Institute, told NBC News, what we're seeing in the satellite imagery does not bode well for a clean beach year. LaPointe, who has studied the blooms for decades, said beaches in the Florida Keys are already being affected. Earlier this year, parts of Mexico were told to prepare for up to three feet of sargassum to build up on shore. Chunks of brown plant matter may, may be unappealing to look at, but the impact on humans does not end there. Large pieces of sargassum can ensnare boats and other, and other machinery in the water. Even if it's just out in coastal waters, it can block intake valves for things like power plants or desalination plants. Marinas can get completely inundated and boats can't navigate through. Brian Barnes, an assistant research professor at the University of South Florida's College of Marine Science, told NBC News, It can really threaten critical infrastructure. Riding sargassum releases hydrogen sulfide, which can cause respiratory problems for tourists, residents, and anyone who works on the water, LaPointe told NBC News. I'm assuming that anyone who breathes it, it causes a problem for. <laughs> It's not just like like tourists, sure, residents, if you work on the water. But I mean, if you're just someone else, you're fine. Right. No, I'm pretty sure it's for people who inhale it. Yeah, for, for people that breathe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Following the big 2018 blooms, doctors in Martinique and Guadalupe reported thousands of people going to clinics with breathing complications from the air that was coming off these rotting piles of sargassum, LaPointe said. Barnes and his colleagues at USF's Optical Oceanography Laboratory track sargassum blooms. The blanket of seaweed appears to be growing each year, but 2018 and 2022 had the largest blooms, he said, 
this year could top last year's record. Historically, as far back as we have records, sargassum has been a part of the ecosystem, but the scale now is just so much bigger, Barnes told NBC News. What we would have thought was a major bloom five years ago is no longer even a blip. Scientists have found that climate change is causing ocean temperatures to rise, creating a more ideal environment for algae to thrive. Meanwhile, urban and agriculture runoff is sending nitrates from fertilizers and other nutrients flowing into the ocean, feeding the bloom. Typically, rafts of sargassum gather in their sargassum sea region in the northern Atlantic Ocean. From there, the Gulf Stream pushes the algae around the Atlantic Basin, which allows it to spread and grow in different areas. So, like, it's a natural thing. It happens all the time. It's not a big deal, except that now that we're feeding, you know, we're, we're giving... Right. Uh, now we're giving it food. Giving it food so it gets bigger, and we're like, oh, no, it's cool. The ocean's now warmer, and so it's just, like, allowing this algae to grow is just fucking... It's fucked up. Yeah. A <laughs> lot, lot of things that are fucked up happening due to to go back to climate change yeah Yeah. i mean yeah uh, when i was a kid like you know um elementary school and junior high as a family uh we would sit down and watch nature shows you know uh Mm -hmm. like uh i don't even remember the names of the shows i think like the into the great wild or some shit like was one of them or the, the great northern wilderness you know shit just you know whatever Mm-hmm. I mean, they were always on PBS. There was constantly. There's always a fucking nature show to watch. So we'd watch nature shows. And these nature shows would end with, like, the end of the, just, like, whatever. They, they would just end. It would just be, like, okay. And, like, that was otters. Or, like, oh, and then, and so, so I hope you liked elk. And now, every nature show ends with David Attenborough saying, now there's only five and a half of these things left. Four and a half of these things left. Three of these things left because of fucking people doing <laughs> fucked up shit. Like, except he's British and it sounds much nicer than that. But every right. I can't watch nature documentaries anymore because they all end in, and now this animal is almost gone because of, like, you right. fuckers. Right. And, uh, like, you, you just see more and more proof of it. And people are more and more just are finding excuses. Like, oh, no, this is how it's always been. It's like, this is not how it's always been. You're a Actually, fucking liar and you're yes. lying to yourself. We have empirical evidence showing that's the case. Additionally, I remember 20 years ago. I remember 30 years ago. And the weather was different. Yes. And I don't think that weather should change that drastically in just a couple decades. I mean, it's pretty fucking wild. It is. It is. And it's still like just the way people kind of dismiss it. You know, they'll, they'll believe some just, you know, crazy whatever like bullshit conspiracy theory and not all conspiracy theories are bullshit okay no, i mean there's I mean, there's many some that of are them not. are <laughs> but the, the things that people will believe but then won't acknowledge this problem yeah it's ridiculous people are like all about thinking that uh politicians are trafficking children uh through like weird spurious tweets and stuff like that uh, mm-hmm. But they won't believe scientific evidence, you know, pointing to like polarized yeah. caps melting, and 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 they're like, nah, that's bullshit. Yeah. While we we've got polar bears roaming around like places that they don't normally roam, skinny as fuck and angry because they can't get the food because they can't get to the where they're normally supposed mm-hmm. to be because you know it's not there anymore. It's just water. Yeah, fucking uh, 
reindeer and people getting anthrax out in Siberia probably right, because of it melting in permafrost. Yeah, I mean... It's all fucking natural and it happens all the time, Joanna. Uh-huh, yeah. And, you know, or, or like my, my favorite, like my mom's like, you know, just those scientists trying to like, you know, sell books and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, yep. Well, speaking of uh, strange theories... I have an article from World News. The website is newstangale24.com. Proof of the parallel universe? Oh, God. Nazi coin from 2039 in Mexico sparks bizarre theories. Oh, geez. For a long time, alternate universes have been used as a plot for a novel or simply a story for a movie. But there are many who wonder what their life would be like in a parallel universe, or if there is an alternate version of themselves in another dimension. For what scientists have also spent time investigating the potential of alternate realities for decades. Over the years, scientists have exposed multiple theories, some of which have real evidence to back them up. So, if any of these theories is correct, there is a universe somewhere different from ours. One of the most popular theories of the alternate universe is string theory. According to this theory, we live in a multiverse of nine dimensions, with only three dimensions visible to us. Since we only exist in three dimensions, our universe would look like a sheet of paper. On the other hand, the way in which the other dimensions would expand would be along with the timelines and possible situations. That said, alternate versions of our world could be almost identical or totally different. However, it is only about theories. What will happen if someone discovers evidence of the existence of a parallel universe? A video posted on YouTube in April 2018 shows a man who claims to have discovered a Nazi coin, apparently from the year 2039. So this is a little bit an older of an article. Right. Apparently, the mysterious coin was found by Diego Avielis in a work in Mexico. Avielis explains that what caught his attention was that he read the inscription and saw the year 2039. Just above the imprinted year is Reichsadler Nazi party symbol, along with the words Nueva Alemania, which translates to New Germany. The flip side of the coin features writing, Allies in Einer Nation, which means all in one nation, a motto that would perfectly serve a country that had dominated the world. In Mexico, there is a state called Nueva Alemania, located in the municipality of La Concordia, the state of Chipas, but it is known that there is no record of the arrival of any Nazi currency. As the video went viral on the internet, many conspiracy theorists have claimed that this future Nazi coin is solid proof of the existence of a parallel universe. Another section of conspiracy theorists argued that Germany will be a key player in World War III. They also added that Nazis who are living secretly in Antarctica will join Germany in the war, helping them to triumph in World War III, because you know how modern-day Germany has all of the statues about all with the Nazis and all, and all the war criminals. Uh, oh, wait, no, that's America that keeps right. statues of their loser I, war I'm, criminals. I'm thinking not, uh, No, but... wait, you can't actually... No, no, that's... Yeah, Germany... <laughs> Germany is a fine place. <laughs> yes. But that's the conspiracy, is that there's Nazis in Antarctica, like, right now? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, okay. like, you remember All old right. uh, Admiral Dickbird who found the Hollow Earth, and he 
there were Nazis flying spaceships, uh, flying okay. saucers from Middle Earth, if you remember. That was a long time we talked about Hollow Earth. Right, but, right. Uh, others argue that it is a coin of an alternative future where the Nazis conquered the world, developed time travel, and sent money back to the past where certain currencies ended up in our reality. Right, because I was thinking, like, okay, this sounds like alternate universe, but also time travel, since this is a coin from the future. Yeah, yeah, because so. we haven't quite reached... I mean, we still have a few years from, from 2039. All I can say is that would really suck if there's an alternate uh, uh, dimension or world out there where uh, the Nazis won. That's, that's you know, you got to watch um, The Man in the High Castle. Yeah, no, it, yeah. It explores seen... that exact theory. Have you yes, watched that? I have watched most of that, yeah. So, so Phil, good, yeah, love that good. show. Very good. Phil but yeah, K. that's Dick that's can write a hell of a hell of a. Uh, well, he's Dude, got a great Phil idea K. for stories. Dick, I just, I mean, that man's brain is just. Amazing. It's hard to read his books. His books, I mean, as much as I want to like be interested in them, they they get a little long winded. Yeah, I haven't I haven't read read any Philip K. Dick books. I just like all the stuff that's adapted from the books. Yeah, because, yeah, and great, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it really a coin from the future world? In the first place, there is no way of knowing if the year 2039 is written on the coin, at least not with the images provided. The number 39 is clear, but it could be the year 1939. In fact, the silver two Reichsmark and five Reichsmark coins with a Nazi swastika were issued between 1938 and 1939. Then it's a coin, a silver coin supposedly from the year 2039. If it were an electronic device or electronic currency, currency, there'd be some strong basis in the claim. However, we are talking about a nation that has managed to achieve travel over time and continues to use silver as a currency in the year 2039 isn't much acceptable. Yeah. I mean, how many coins do you have in your purse right now? Um, I have probably an assortment of coins in my purse. I'm not very good about, like cleaning my purse and getting them out but you know. right but do you think you have over a dollar in coins in your purse um maybe because you know how many i think coins so because I, I just i had to get you know i had to drive to wichita and they have like a, a toll road and it wouldn't take oh, my car and i had to put like 20 in there and so it gave me like a, live, a gold yeah. a golden dollar <laughs> and you, you and live in coins. places where they don't yeah uh, yeah but well i have no coins on me Generally I speaking, I don't have a lot of them, and then I try to put them in a little jar. You know? The only <laughs> reason that I really even usually have any cash on me is because when I go to the weed store, you have to use cash. And so if it's, you know, $25, I can only pull out $40, and so mm -hmm. I get cash back. Uh, that's the only reason I have cash. So I can fully see how in the future... Society that has achieved time travel probably doesn't have a whole lot of fucking hard yeah. currency kicking around, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe it's a collector's items like those things they used to sell, like on T on the infomercials. Oh yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But in which case, why would it be so fucked up looking? Why would it be all like, uh, like rubbed, like the you couldn't tell like the uh, the date on it very well, you know? Right. Why is it not in pristine condition and exactly. it's a collector's case? Yeah. Who knows? The explanations. First, there is an inscription in Spanish that says New Germany. Mexico was never an ally of Nazi Germany. One explanation would be that it could be treated as a commemorative coin, but Mexico and Germany did not have any kind of alliance. Moreover, Mexico declared war on Germany in 1942. 
In addition, there is no known Nazi coin that has the inscription allies in in either nation. So if it is not a montage, it is certainly a very strange coin, even, even if it does not come the future, from the future or from a parallel universe. The truth is, is that there are strange stories about the Nazis. It's fucking true. The hidden connections of Hitler and the supernatural, weird. The Nazi bell, which is supposedly a time machine, also weird. Psychic killers or super soldiers are well known. All that shit's weird. They all did all that weird shit in the Cold War too between America and uh, Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are rumors that after the fall of Germany in 1945, some Nazis managed to establish secret bases in Antarctica that are still operational today. Perhaps the only explanation is that the Antarctic Nazis managed to develop time trips in time, or managed to travel through different realities. Well, that is before they all died from, like, plague that, you know, melted in the permafrost out there. <laughs> <laughs> right, until they caught permafrost plague and then died. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you can take a look at the pictures. I mean, if you find, if you look for 2039 Nazi coin, it'll come up, and it looks pretty rubbed out and I mean, I'm sure it's not something that's very difficult to fake if you really wanted to fake something. Right. Or if it even is a real thing. I mean, pretty <laughs> I easy just love to the, 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 shit. the theory that, you know, there's the, the Nazis in, in Antarctica. Like, and the, yeah. And, you know, yeah, hey. <laughs> they're going to join into World War Three now. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. Yeah, because Germany is a big fucking like tyrannical place these days you know right <laughs> right uh yeah i mean and and again goes back to like it's interesting that like you know people will totally like buy into this uh but not other things like there's people out there yeah. thinking like the biggest problem with antarctica is not that it's fucking melting but that you All know the uh, but, that, but that there's you know a bunch of nazis out there like plotting um world war three which true would be a problem it would be a problem. I mean, I mean Nazis are I, not great. Like, I, I don't want any Nazis around anywhere, like, no, doing Antarctica, anything. Antarctica, uh, you know, Even in Antarctica, Chicago, like, nowhere, yeah, nowhere. No, not, not cool, not cool. No, not at all. <laughs> well, why don't you uh, read us the, let us know about the last thing you have for us, Joanna. <laughs> okay. It's another, like, uh, really, you know, fun one about, like, the end of the world <laughs> uh yeah i mean who knows who knows <laughs> this one is titled this one's from uh pcmag.com and it's titled scientists create terminator robot that melts and, and escapes cages and it's by marco oh, cool. uh, marceline from january 28th 2023 yeah because that's what we need is killer fucking robots. Uh-huh. That that like melt, you know, like that that one that like the T one thousand. Like T one thousand. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we need. Uh, like again, like do you want Skynet? Because I'm pretty sure this is how like, Skynet is. This is how you starts. fucking get Skynet, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scientists at Chinese, Hong Kong, and American universities have created a metal microbot that can melt, sli- melt, slide through secure cage bars, and then turn back into a solid state. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking great. The team of scientists used to used a composite of metals with a low melting point as a part of the study into metal microparticles and presented their findings in the journal Matter. So again, you know, 
Love, love these simplistic journal titles. <laughs> right. What is it about? Well, it's it's about matter. About matter. States of matter. But what's it called? Oh, it's just matter. Called matter. <laughs> <laughs> the inventors believe the robot, which has been likened to the cyber killer T one thousand in the Terminator movie franchise, can be of use in clinical and mechanical settings as it can get to hard to reach spaces. During the study, the microbot turned into liquid form one minute and 20 seconds after scientists shot it with magnetic fields at alternating currents, which increased its temperature to 95 degrees Fahrenheit or 35 degrees Celsius. Once liquid metal, the microbot maneuvered through the gaps in a cage using more magnets. As the Washington Post reported, the microbot was able to lengthen, divide, and merge in its liquid form. When solid, it was capable of being driven at more than 3 miles per hour and could carry object, objects up to 30 times its weight. Wow. The robot measures less than 0.4 inches in width when solid. So it's very tiny. It's a tiny little T-1000. But, right. But you know, I mean, just so far. Yeah, right now. <laughs> Speaking to the Post, Cheng Feng Pan, the study's co-author and engineer at the Chinese University of Hong Kong, said the material of the microdot could achieve fast movement and heavy load-bearing when in its solid state and shape-changing in its liquid state. Potentially, this material system can be used for applications in flexible electronics, healthcare, and robotics. According to the scientists who worked on the study, the news marks the first time that a material that permits, permits both shifting shape and the carrying of heavy loads has been found for use in microbots. Huh. In a different experiment, scientists deployed the microbot inside a model human stomach in order to remove an unwanted object. When solid, it was steered through the model organ before it was melted by remotely controlled magnetic fields when the object had been located. In its liquid state, the microbot reportedly, uh, reportedly stretched around and hugged the object before it was cooled into solid form and driven out of the model organ. The scientists huh. said that in their report that the experiment demonstrated the robot could remove foreign objects or deliver drugs in a model stomach. All right, then. Yeah, so, I mean, could be useful, but also that's freaky as shit. And, and I mean, at least it, it doesn't say anything about it being, like, smart. Like, you know, I mean, some of that AI that's coming out now, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just freaky wild. shit. It's, it's pretty wild. It is. It is. And I feel like I, you know, need to kind of, like, do a deep dive into, like, you know, what's <laughs> the current state of AI and how... Like, much should we be kind of afraid of it? I mean, it has its uses for sure, but oh, also, yeah, but... also, uh, I'm I'm a little freaked out. Like, global global warming plus AI, <laughs> uh, zombie viruses. It's all, uh -huh. it's, all, it's, yeah. all bad. it's all bad. It's just all just a little. I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like we're just kind of at the precipice of something like really catastrophic. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but but there you have it, science. All right, well, science, one scary bitch. It it can be. All right, well, thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate your ears. Uh, if you'd like to join our Patreon, it's Patreon.com/slash/StrangerThanPodcast. For two dollars, you'll get these regular episodes ad free, and then you'll also get 
a, a bonus true crime episode where Joanna would tell you horrible things about horrible people. That is at the five dollar level. That's at a five dollar level, yes. Uh, where you get you get all those three things at a five dollar level. Just just the, the ad free mm-hmm. episodes at the two dollar level. You can send us uh, crazy stories about crazy shit that happened to you. Stranger than podcast at gmail.com. We would love to share them on the show. You can also join our Facebook group, The Strange Space, uh, where we will not do much, to be perfectly honest with you. But hey, you can you can keep track on us there if you want to. I post a meme every now and then. That's true. You know. <laughs> and with that, uh, we'll talk to you next time. And stay strange. <laughs>